The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Benched with Bubba. This is episode 16, and I am joined by... The man, the myth, the legend, the guy that got to join me, or I was privileged to have joined me on my very first episode of Bench with Bubba. Many know him from the awesome episodes of last year's Talk and Chalk, him in his wooden chair, which you will not see in the episodes anymore. The one and only, Rome. You can find him on Twitter, at Rome Shots. Rome, how are you doing, man? I'm doing quite well. Uh, thanks for having me on again. On a bench with Bubba, you know, I, I was getting a little concerned. I thought that I had been sent to the bench because it had been so long since I'd been invited back. So I wasn't sure, um, you know, <laughs> I wasn't sure what had happened. But anyways, I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah, happy new year, guys. 2017, the year of the D-Gen is upon us. So let's get right to it. Now, there's always room for Rome on bench with Bubba. There will be more times for Rome on bench with Bubba. I need my daily fix of Rome. So I I was thinking of you the other day and, what better time than now to have Mr. L.A. on than the news of L.A. getting their second sports team, the San Diego Chargers. Last time we talked, it was, I think it was kind of, was, was really, the, the Rams were fresh in the back of your mind, and you were, you, were, you were happy, you were pumped. Now the Chargers are coming to town. What are the thoughts? What, what's going on in the mind of Rome and the Chargers coming to town? Well, guys, you know, it's it's just madness out here in, in La La Land. It's just, um, you know, it's just it's just it's just too much to comprehend. You know, the honeymoon is over for the Rams. They, you know, it was it was fun the first couple of weeks. I actually found myself uh, going to my first Rams game um, at the Coliseum. Uh, it was it was a it was a ton of fun if they didn't get shellacked by the Bills. Unfortunately, I got to see Tyrod Taylor run, Tyrod Taylor run a clinic on us and. You know, that was uh, that was interesting, but you know it was cool to see a, a professional football game in LA, something I'd never seen before this season. So you know that being said, uh, that was cool, and I'm I'm glad and I'm happy to have the Rams, uh, you know, here in LA. I, I had adopted them uh, probably about three years ago when I was li- still living back in Santa Barbara. I had a feeling they were going to be coming here to LA, but you know you're absolutely right. I think I think we all saw the writing on the wall. You know, I, I think that we all knew that the Chargers were going to have a hard time staying in San Diego with that decrepit old stadium that is Qualcomm. Um, and I think po- politics wise, I think it, it all came down to could the Chargers get a new stadium deal done in time? And unfortunately they could not. I mean, I think Dean Spanos and a lot of the other guys saw obviously the value of the LA market, um, you know, coming up 
coming up north. So, you know, lo and behold, it's funny because I, I love listening to um, L.A. Fox Sports Radio. Uh, they got a couple local, uh, great local radio hosts and shows. And actually one of them is uh, is Going Rogan with Fred Rogan. And he actually has a show with uh, with E.D., with Eric Dickerson, uh, formerly of the L.A. Rams, uh, you know, back in the 80s. And they, they straight called it. They called it like probably two or three months ago. They were the first ones to break that the Chargers are for sure coming to L.A., um, it just took a few months, but obviously, you know, the news broke uh, last week or two weeks ago. And, you know, so here here we find ourselves, uh, you know, now not only having the Rams, but the Chargers are going to be in the mix next year. They're going to be playing, I believe it's in Carson, California, mm-hmm. which is uh, at least, you know, temporarily to start. Uh, I believe the stadium doesn't hold more than 30,000 people. So that's kind of a joke <laughs> in a way, but we're going to get to that a little bit later. But yeah, man, we're... Uh, you know, hey, L.A., we got two football teams now, and, uh, you know, we're going to see what other dominoes uh, happen to fall in, in the state of California for football. Now, you said you adopted the Rams, and, you know, they have a culture of losing. You have Jared Goff, who was the number one pick, showed, I guess, a little bit of life at the end of the season, but I tried telling people, was he worth the number one pick? Probably not. Can you blame it on him? No, that offensive line is horrific. He doesn't really have any weapons. You can't blame everything on the kid. But is he that good? Probably not. But what I want to know from Rome, now that you have another team to choose from in your backyard, are you still staying Rams or are you going to go for the bolt? Are you going Chargers? Well, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to stay Rams for the time being. Uh, I know that I was joking around on Twitter saying, hey, guys, I'm jumping ship. I'm going bolts. Look out. Um, no, nah, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you exactly why I think that the Rams are going to be able to turn around. It might take a couple of years, you know, and when I say a couple, I mean, probably three, maybe four even, but, you know, I do think that we can get back to, you know, really being a smash mouth football team, you know, to putting on a good, a good product for the for the consumers of Los Angeles, you know, for a lot of the fans that have been waiting patiently. I mean, the, the Chargers have been in Southern California. They, you know, they've been in San Diego. It's not like it's not like they haven't been here for a long time. And they've been, you know, they've had their moments where they've been exciting. They've had their moments when they've been really disappointing. Um, you know, I still remember when Rivers and Tomlinson, I think it was Tomlinson, when they lost to the uh, to the Jets. They lost to Mark Sanchez when he was a, uh, his first year quarterback season in the playoffs in the AFC. Uh, I think it was the divisional. And I was just like, I had so much money on that game. I was so pissed off. Uh, you know, so the Chargers are always going to be the Chargers. They're going to break your heart. Um, it might be exciting. They might have some good seasons. But, you know, I, I, listen, I, I think that L.A. is the right market for both teams. Um, you know, I think for me, uh, you asked about Jared Goff. You know, I think uh, I think the ceiling, I think his ceiling is honestly going to be like a Matt Ryan type quarterback. I think if he can if he can work on on his offensive game, you know, he's not he's not going to be like a Tom Brady or like a Ben Roethlisberger, you know, in terms of being clutch. He's already shown that. I think that if he was, he would have already proven himself on the field. He would have won a couple of games, maybe from comeback, uh, comeback, come behind fashion. But, you know, I, I think he's I think he's got good mechanics that he's going to put on some weight. You know, he's going to he's going to work and improve. And, you know, I, I really think um, I really think that he could be as good as a Matt Ryan. You know, you get him with the right offensive coordinator, you get him the right guys. Yeah, you, you know, you put a plan in place, and I don't see why he wouldn't be able to succeed. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, I'm extremely happy, actually, with a couple of the moves that the Rams have already made. They fired Jeff Fisher, thank God. You know, they hired a young, 
high character, you know, high integrity guy in Sean McVay. Uh, they got Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator, which is tremendous. You know, you saw what he did with the Broncos last couple of years. He turned that defense into a one of the greatest defenses I've ever seen. You know, obviously you need to have the players, you know, you need to have some guys, but they have some guys on defense. They have Aaron Donald, you know, they got Robert Quinn, they got pretty good line. So if we can, you know, if we can continue to, uh, you know, to, to make the most out of our draft picks. And unfortunately they kind of messed that up when they, when they traded up for golf, they gave up way too much, way too many draft picks. So it's, that's what I'm saying. It's going to take a couple of years. It's not just going to be like, Oh, next year, or like in two years, probably going to take three to four years. But you know, I, again, I'm going to stay true to the Rams. Um, I, my first name is Roman, and I was partly named after L.A. Ram quarterback Roman Gabriel back in the day in the seventies. He was, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a decent quarterback, but he was a good guy. He was a solid dude. So, so there you go. There you go. Well, then you got to stick with him. I didn't know that tidbit. There you go. Learning something right there. You got to stick with him if that's what you're named after. That, that's gold right there. Um, yeah. you, you hit on you hit on something I did want to I want to talk about right there. The new head coach. He's 30 years old. Um, when I was 30 years old, which I'm not that much older than that, but when I was 30 years old, I didn't dream of being the head coach of an NFL team. That'd be pretty darn cool to tell you the truth. But, um, yeah, uh, sure, he, he was a pretty darn good offensive coordinator. He's got guys like Kirk Cousins running a pretty successful, high-powered offense, putting up points in D.C., um, I think hiring a very successful veteran defensive coordinator like Phillips, like you said, is great. Uh, they do have the pieces in play there. And um, they are in a very mediocre at best division. You got the very bad Niners, and they have a long, long ways to go. They are a disaster. They're in my backyard, and it's a mess. You were just up this way. You've probably heard people talking about it. Not good. Um, the Cardinals – they have some pieces, but their good pieces are getting old. So they're going to have to do some rebuilding. And then the, the the Seahawks, they have a lot of question marks. Besides, you know, you got Wilson and Baldwin and a couple other pieces. Their big, their big go-to is the defense, and that's starting to kind of either get old or get injured. And I don't know how much longer that's going to be their staple. Uh, so you might be onto something there. Um, it might take a few years, like you said. But uh, what I did want to know is, what are the rumblings in the LA area on McVay and uh, the outlooks of this young 30 year old, youngest coach in NFL history? What are they saying in the LA area on uh, McVay as the head coach in LA? Well, it's only been a few weeks, you know, since the hire was announced. So I think LA is still trying to gather our opinions. I think we're still talking about it. We're still trying to feel it out, but you know, obviously the first, first take reaction is like, Whoa, even your guy Rome is older than, than this guy, Sean McVay. I'm 30. I'm 31, about to turn 32, and I could be out there coaching the Rams. Like, literally, like, I could be out there coaching the Rams. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, this is this is unprecedented. It's no doubt. Uh, but you know what? I like that. I tell you what, I like that. I like that we're making aggressive moves that are, you know, a little flashy, that we're, you know, it just it keeps us relevant. It's, yeah, I mean, obviously we still suck for now, but at least they're making moves that are, uh, you know, they're not afraid to make moves. They saw something they liked in this guy. You know, obviously, just like you said, he made Kirk Cousins look like a very decent quarterback. He's going to – Kirk Cousins should be, uh, you know, taking him out for a lot of dinners because Kirk Cousins about to get a nice payday because of him. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, listen, you know, uh, ceiling, high ceiling. I mean, I, I would say I would say still Matt Ryan is going to be kind of that ceiling comparison for Jared Goff, but 
hey, listen, if he could play like Kirk Cousins did the last two years, I would be absolutely thrilled with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, their their biggest problem, the Rams' biggest problem, is not the, necessarily the quarterback or the lack of quarterback play. It's just the offense in general. The line is an absolute mess. Yep. The, there's no weapons. There's no receivers. Yep. Todd Gurley, which you know, who, who's shown he can be a great running back, and has shown that in his first year that he can definitely play. Where I don't know what happened to him this year. He was absolutely gone, and I just, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's just part of all the negative energy and some of the some of the toxicity uh, that you know that this year actually, you know, obviously turned into. I don't know if it was Jeff Fisher just completely blowing it. I, I don't know if it was the previous offensive coordinators, but the one thing I do know is that he has not been the same. So if they can, you know, again, if they can figure it out, and if they can, if if it's going to take a young guy like Sean McVay to get to know people, you know, to be like that that players' coach, so to speak, you know, to figure out you know who's best at doing what, you know, basically manage the talent around him and put him in the best place to succeed, then absolutely, I'm I'm all for it. I think I think he's going to be great. Yeah, and um, you know, a 30 year old head coach with a young quarterback might be the best thing that they could relate to each other and. Maybe get them on the right path. Might might be a, a new wave of the future type movement there. Not the worst thing to try because, yeah, it's a mess. But it'll be interesting to see how it comes together. I'm curious to uh, to watch it unfold because now they do have competition. Because um, you guys have had a pro team for a while. You've had the uh, the Trojans there, and they're going to be good. I didn't put this on the outline, but we can get to them later. Because the last time you guys did have a young head coach in the area was when way back when when they hired um, Pete Carroll for the Trojans. Yeah. He was really young when they hired him, and that worked out really well in the L.A. area. And people grasped and went, went around him and accepted him. Things worked out well there. So we'll see how that goes. Bubs, I did want to mention one thing really quickly before we move on. I was listening yeah. – I was listening to Fox Radio today, and they actually had um, they had the Fred Rogan show with Eric Dickerson on, and Eric Dickerson actually uh, called a friend to be on the show, who actually so guess who this was? This was the one and only Daryl Green from the Washington Redskins, great defensive back, played over twenty years in the league, ran a four three forty when he was fifty. Guys, look it up in case you haven't seen or heard about that. That's the guy, the guy right there. So, so Daryl Green was actually preaching for Sean McVay. He said he, he knows him very well. He said he's talked to him several times. He said he's a high-character guy. He's a high-integrity guy. He is somebody who's, who's, who's coming off of, uh, you know, working with Kirk Cousins. And, and obviously we see what he's done, being able to kind of coach and develop him. So I just wanted to say, you know, if he's got Daryl Green's endorsement, a lot of, a lot of us probably don't know who Daryl Green is. You know, he's obviously he's a few generations back, but it's a solid dude. So, you know, that's good. It's good news. No, that's big. That's very true. That's a good good point. That's why we got you on, Rome. You got the, the pulse of the L.A. area, little things like that. You, um, you, you mentioned uh, the little stadium the Chargers are going to. Now, you said you got to go watch a game in the Coliseum with the Rams. I drove down there and watched the Dolphins' majestic comeback in the rain. Um, the Coliseum, I, I'm going to say this as nicely as possible – I was very excited to see it because of the history, and there's a ton of history there, but it's a dump. Um, it it was designed so long ago. It was designed so poorly. You can't move through the place. It was just, just everything about it. But it's still – it's a great – like, the history is great. I love everything about that. But at the same time, at least it seats a decent amount of people, but they never sell it out. The Chargers are going to go play where the LA Galaxy plays, and it seats 30,000 people. First, 
Do you think they'll sell out all their games? Uh, I, I, will they sell out all their games? I think, I think they'll sell out the first six games. I, I've been to, to the um, Home Depot Center. I've been, I've been in Carson. I've seen the LA Galaxy play before. It's not a terrible stadium. It's small, obviously, but, you know, it's newer. It's, uh, I mean, shit, I, I was there twice maybe. I, I don't remember how the design, you know, compares to the Coliseum or a lot of these other new stadiums. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, think it, I think Carson is good because it's not too far away. It's a little bit south of L.A., it's not halfway between San Diego and LA, but you know, it's a little closer. So yeah, there's going to be fans driving up from San Diego. There's going to be um, other folks that are Chargers fans that live in LA, live in Santa Barbara, live in Ventura County, ones that want to come down and see them. So yeah, they'll probably sell out if they do well, then yeah, they could probably sell out the entire year. 30,000 is, that's not big at all. And going back to what you said about the Coliseum, man, the Coliseum is, is dope. It's got that history. It's got like the torch. It's got like the, you know, the arches as you walk in, it's got that whole feel you know, a lot mm-hmm. of special stuff has happened since you've been down there. Yeah. But you're right. It, the Coliseum is basically Qualcomm 2.0. It's like it, 10 years from now, the Coliseum is going to be Qualcomm right now. So, yeah. well, and Like I said, I, I love the history. I respect the shit out of it. They, they light the torch before the game starts. You go out front, there's a piece of the, Col- the Roman Coliseum. There's a piece from Athens, Greece. You have all that stuff. Awesome. Like, totally awesome. They have the Olympic stuff. I agree with all that, but... When you try to just walk through the tunnels, like where the concessions are, you can only go like four wide. Like it's you can't even move through. It's such a the planning and stuff. I can't you, do you're it. Absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right. So you know, so first of all, the Inglewood Stadium. I, I live, I live literally like five or ten minutes away from Inglewood, where the stadium's going to be. So I'm going to really try to stay living where I'm at because in three years, I mean, all the property value out here and everything's it's already been booming and it's already been crazy, but. Dude, Inglewood City of Champions, man, right right next to the Forum. We're going to have the Forum right there, you know, for music venues and for other shows. We're going to have the Inglewood Football Stadium right there. Inglewood is on the rise, baby. I'm telling you right now, Inglewood, baby. Um, but So what I heard, and I remember I, I, told, I told the sports DJs about this uh, last year. I told you that I heard I met the contractor that was going to be responsible for building the stadium downtown. They're building a new stadium downtown. They're going to be building it. I don't know if they're flipping the L.A. Convention Center or if they're building a whole new stadium. But um, there's, they're going to add another MLS team for LA uh, in addition to the Galaxy, and I'm pretty sure that's where the Chargers are going to play eventually too, probably in the next couple of years, two to three years. So you heard that first here from Rome. Um, there we go. Yeah. Yep. That's so, a, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Continue. No, I'm just saying that. So I would, if uh, I would really expect the Chargers to play downtown in the next two to three years. Obviously, Carson is just temporary. There was uh, talk about uh, before the Rams came. You know, there was talk about whether the Rams would play in this Inglewood plot and this, uh, uh, you know, the schematics of the draw for the Inglewood Stadium versus there was another one out in Carson that they wanted to do too. And I really don't think they'll want to have the Chargers or any professional team out in Carson. I just don't think the the lure or the attraction is there. I think obviously they'd rather have them right, be right downtown, right next to Staples Center. So I would expect to uh, to see that stadium in downtown in the next couple of years. That makes a ton of sense. That's what I was going to ask you because um, you said the new state, the Inglewood Stadium, that's going to be built in three years, and that's that's the big mecca that they're going to. It's like Jerry World 2.0 for LA, right? Oh yeah. I saw this. I saw all the schematics that they have the big poster by the Coliseum and everything. It looks fucking amazing. Like they just yeah. broke ground recently and stuff. It looks awesome. Um, and they're both going to play there, right? The Rams and the Chargers? They're, they're going to play there. 
temporarily, or, or I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I still think, yeah, they, they could both play there going forward in the long run. But I still think that, you know, knowing Dean Spanos and, you know, knowing having the opportunity to try to, to, try to make even more money, um, I think that, listen, L.A. is always, only going to be growing. It's already way too crowded. It's only going to be growing with more people. I think if they can leverage and, and have an opportunity to build another stadium downtown, I think they'll do that. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I thought I, I'm not disagreeing with you because I could definitely see them looking to to take that money grab. It totally makes sense, especially for a city like LA. It makes a ton of sense. I just always envisioned a stadium like that. They do the whole like New York thing where they sh- they share it all and and do that whole cha cha. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, I totally can see that happening. It could be. We'll um, just like you said, though, that Inglewood Stadium, that's going to be Jerry World times two, 2.0. Two yeah. That, yeah. That cronky money, yeah. Yeah, everything I've seen with that just looks freaking insane. Uh, I just visited Jerry World, and that was – they put that thing together um, perfect. That was probably one of the best well-put-together stadium experiences ever. You never waited in line for more than five minutes for anything. It was perfect. Um, but so the stadium they're building downtown now, they're getting – they're getting another MLS team. That's like official. I don't know if it's official. I don't know if it's been publicly announced, but you know, through Rome's somewhat reliable, pretty reliable Rumors. sources, you heard it here first. We <laughs> have another MLS team. Just wait. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Okay, and so this this stadium's located where? It's going to be downtown. They're either going to redo or flip the LA Convention Center. That's you know really outdated. Nice. Yeah, really needs to be redone, or they're going to find a new plot and redo that. I think it's going to be at the convention center, though. So, yeah. That's what I was wondering, because they, they said the Chargers only agreed to play at the Galaxy's place for one year. And I knew Jerry World 2.0 wasn't ready for three more years. So I was curious on what they were going to pull off on that. Now it's all coming together, Rome. It's all coming together. God damn, Bench with Bubba, episode 16. Breaking news, folks. <laughs> Well, shit. Okay. Well, before we before we completely go off the Chargers talk, anything else you want to tell us about uh, NFL LA? You got Jared Goff and the Rams. I got more breaking. You got. I got more breaking news. I just heard. I just found out that Philip Philip Rivers' wife is pregnant again with 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 twins. It's <laughs> bringing the kid count up to sixteen. <laughs> They're gonna play offensive line for Jared Goff before he retires. Exactly, dude. My dude can't miss. Right. He can't miss. He's he's got extra goalies in there, and he's still shoot. He's still scoring. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, here's a, here's one that I did see today, though. And it's actually a real one. What's with the animosity? I could see the animosity in San Diego about the Chargers leaving. What's with the animosity in LA? Because um, Spanos is having trouble. There are LA moving companies and San Diego moving companies. Telling the Chargers no, they will not move. Like, no, no, no amount of money. They will not move the Chargers to LA. LA companies are telling them no. They're gonna. They're that gonna blew my to, mind. They're gonna have to hire some some folks that are south of the border in order to get it done. That's <laughs> what, well, yeah. That's what I'm figuring. That, that they'll they'll find them. But I was yeah. shocked when I saw LA was telling them no. That made no sense to me at all. Yeah, I didn't hear about that, but I'm gonna be on the lookout. That that's that's pretty strange. Okay. Well, we'll move on from L.A. We'll probably have more on that. And uh, when some of this other stuff leaks, we will definitely have Mr. Rome back on Bench with Bubba to uh, make some of these official things. But um, 
What a crazy weekend of NFL divisional playoff action. Saturday was, yeah, kind of what you expected. Sunday, banana land. Um, first off, we'll go with Saturday. I know the outline is not like this, but let's just get the boring stuff out of the way. The Atlanta Falcons stayed the Atlanta Falcons, put up a ton of points as expected. Seattle on the road stayed Seattle on the road. Um, Matty Ice looking good. Julio Jones a little banged up doing his thing. What are you taking away from the Falcons' victory over Seattle? Yeah, Falcons. Falcons are legit, man. They're uh, they're really good. They're that offense is. You know, I, I did a quick summary and a quick uh, quick little outline to write up uh, for sports DJs for the for the playoff games this last weekend. And I was telling everybody the Falcons. They're the best offensive in, in the league, at least that I can see. They have a two headed two headed absolute monster running backs with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. They got Matt Ryan, who's playing his best football, in my opinion, uh, right now. They've got a, a litany of receivers. They got obviously Julio. They got Sanu. Uh, they got uh, Gabriel. They have a, a couple tight ends um, that are you know doing really well. There's just so many weapons, and most importantly, they have uh, Dan Quinn, who has brought the defense. He's 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 lit, lit a fire in that defense. And you know Vic Beasley is you know sack leader. And you know they don't they did they lost Trufant, uh, who was one of the, their better cornerbacks, one of their better DBs. Early in the year, in that against that Seattle or against Seattle back in that game in Seattle, but you know what? Everyone stepped up. They're playing really, really, really well. Uh, they're playing as a cohesive unit, especially on defense. They're bringing the pressure, and you know the defense is playing just well enough so that the offense can outscore the other teams, uh, the other team. So you know, listen, it's I I really, really, really thought that the Falcons would beat the Seahawks, and obviously without Earl Thomas. Um, you know, the Seahawks on the road this year have not been that good. So if that game was in Seattle, that eh, might have been a little bit different. But no, it, that game literally went exactly how I thought it would. I, I almost got the, the final score exactly how I thought it would be. But, yeah, I hit, I hit big on that. I took, a, you know, Falcons, Falcons to cover the points. I took the over. So that was tremendous. Um, but, you know, listen, they have a, they've got a big – we'll get to, you know, we'll get to the Green Bay-Dallas game here in a second. But they've got a big challenge playing a red – Red slash white hot Aaron Rodgers team uh, this weekend in uh, in Atlanta, so um, yeah, they're going to have their work cut out for them. But I'll tell you right now that I like this. I like the Falcons to be in the Super Bowl this year. That's what I'll say right now. Yeah, no. Um, in my little write up, I I I was torn. I liked the over. I was torn on the side. I said I like Seattle if it's the six or seven. Um, I thought they'd keep it close, but I also said Atlanta's scoring 40 points at will, and I don't know if Seattle can keep up with that. So that's why I was like, just take the over. Um, yeah, Atlanta's offense is just scary good right now. They're clicking. Matty Ice is just – he's making guys like Taylor Gabriel look like an, like a pro bowler. He's just – everything's clicking um, really, really good, and they're playing defense. They're playing defense, like you said. So, yeah, be interesting. We'll talk about uh, their fun weekend ahead coming up. Let's get into uh, the Sunday, the Saturday night action. New England hosted Houston, and uh, the first half did not go as expected for many as New England only had like a, what, a one-point lead going into the half thanks to two Tommy Brady interceptions. And uh, Bill Belichick's little halftime interview going in the locker room same uh, three answers to all three questions. It was almost Greg Popovich-esque. It was quite uh, outstanding. 
Um, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that locker room. But it was probably the best thing that could ever happen to the Patriots, if you look at it that way, because now all week Belichick gets to basically tell them they're all worthless, they all suck, you guys have to do this, you have to do that. And I would hate to be the Steelers this Sunday uh, because they came out and just dominated the second half and took care of business as expected and beat up on Houston. What are your takeaways from uh, this Sunday? Any concerns with the Pats? I was really surprised. I didn't get a chance to watch either game this last Saturday. I was out in Portola Valley. By the way, beautiful place in the Bay Area. But if you have some money, if you have a little chunk of change, get yourself some land out there. That's uh, that's God's land out there. <laughs> Either way, um, I, I could not believe it. I got back to the hotel. I was at the Embassy Suites in Santa Clara. I was right right down the street from Levi Stadium. And I turn on the game. I see the score. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? Um, if I was a Patriots fan, I would be very concerned. I would be, I'd be very, very concerned right now because, you know, again, um, the loss of Rob Gronkowski, that's that's a big deal. That's um, that's a big loss. I, I, I don't we, – we have a lot of Patriots fans that are a part of our sports DGENs group. And, you know, especially on Twitter, you're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of Patriots fans uh, out there. And, listen, guys, I love Bill Belichick. I respect the hell out of him. I think he – I think he's probably one of the best coaches I've ever seen coach football. Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play the game, without a doubt. Um, you know, I think that I think that it's going to be a really, really, really tough game. And unfortunately, they the, the, the last thing that the Patriots wanted to see was the Steelers win that game the way that they did because the Steelers are coming in with nothing to lose, man. Nothing to lose. They are they have nothing to lose. All the pressure is on the Patriots right now. All the pressure is on the Patriots. They're at home. Of course, they should be great, but I, I heard the uh, I heard the Patriots are uh, they're laying six. They're they're minus six right now. You can you can get Steelers plus six right now. I would I would hop all over that. So um, I you know something about it just makes me think that you know Brady, Gostowski, you know that the veteran guys are gonna pull through. But I've got my concerns. I've definitely got my concerns if I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, the the defense is is concerning. Because again, Houston is in the article that we wrote. I really, I really liked the under in that game. I thought that both defenses would come to play. I thought that Houston's defense was legit. They had a couple, you know, Cushing, Clowney, obviously without Wild. They had a couple guys that were questionable. But of course, they're going to play. It's a playoff game. But I mean, seriously, the, the Patriots, you know, they gave up uh, at least twenty-four points. I think or 24, 27 points. I'd be concerned, man. I'd be really concerned if I was a Patriots fan because guess what? The Steelers' offense—they're like second best in the league. They're second or third behind the Falcons and the Patriots. So, I'd be very concerned. Yeah, no, uh, it was it was very interesting to see uh, the weapons. They're there, but they're not as dominant as uh, they once were for Tommy and the boys. But uh, they always find a way to get it done. That's what the Patriots do. That's the Patriot way. And, um, yeah, we'll get to this this Sunday's action. But they will be facing the Pittsburgh Steelers because they took care of business last night in Kansas City, freezing Kansas City 18-16, thanks to six field goals. Six, I said, field goals. Le'Veon Bell kicked ass, 179 yards, I believe, on the ground. No touchdowns, obviously, but uh, he did Le'Veon Bell things. Um, they, they got it done, just couldn't find the end zone. Um Two-point conversion failed late for Kansas City. That's why they lost by two, uh, probably other reasons as well. But uh, that was the final score there. 
Um, Pittsburgh keeps finding ways to get it done. Be an interesting matchup coming up this Sunday. Um, anything on that game? Oh, man, I got tons on that game. So, you know, first of all, I, I really there – there, it was a great game, really close, smash-mouth football game. Um, the, what I want to talk about first is James Harrison. James Harrison, this guy is unbelievable, man. This guy is damn near 40, and this guy is out here still killing people. I mean, <laughs> this guy, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. You should, you should just follow him on Instagram. Check out the way this guy works out. Check out the way he takes care of himself and his body. This guy is no joke. He is still, I don't know if you guys saw that after, I remember in the game yesterday there was a point where they, they had to call a timeout, and he was just on the sideline catching his breath after making an incredible play. He, he, he ended up blitzing. I'm like second or third down and ended up um, putting pressure on Alex Smith and, you know, ran him down. And I mean, he's just sitting there on the sideline like a, like a rabid dog, you know, just catching his breath, just, just waiting, just, just coach, put me back in the game already, you know, and dude, James Harrison, this Pittsburgh defense, they're, they're playing playoff football. You know, that, that's a force to be reckoned with, you know, and, and then the killer bees. Yeah. We got Antonio Brown. Yeah. We got Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. We got Ben Roethlisberger. It's time to add a fourth killer bee to that name, just like Bubba said, with those six field goals. My, my boy, Chris Boswell, <laughs> my man. <laughs> this guy, listen, this guy is no joke, man. And and a big advantage in the playoffs is having a reliable kicker that can hit field goals. You saw what Mason Crosby did yesterday for the Green Bay Packers. You saw those corkscrew balls. I thought two of those field goals were going out, and yet they somehow just, just came back in. Chris Boswell is money. That guy's clutch. You saw it during the regular season. You saw it uh, yesterday. And again, if I if I was the Patriots, I would be I would I would be very concerned, man. I really would. They're, they're, that is a hot team that's coming in right now. So they're great on offense. They're great on defense. They have leaders. They have momentum. They have nothing to lose. They don't have any pressure on them. I'd be very concerned if I were the Patriots. Now we get to probably one. Of, I'm going to say not probably one of the best playoff games I've seen in a long time, maybe not quality-wise, but definitely entertainment-wise. The officiating was horrific, but entertainment-wise, Green Bay, Dallas, Green Bay taking care of business on the road, Aaron Rodgers once again proving to everyone why he is the GOAT, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. That last play to get the ball into field goal range on that pass to Cook. The catch was amazing, but just to make that pass was probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, I was watching the game with my buddies, and all everyone, first off, when they spiked the ball with like a minute left, I was looking at everybody going, what the hell are they thinking? Because obviously that turned out to be huge because they could have kicked the field goal and time would have expired. But now I said, look it, you just gave Aaron Rodgers 35 seconds and two timeouts. Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, That was amazing. Amazing game. He is clicking on all cylinders. I said it before the playoffs started, I would not want to face Green Bay because a red-hot Aaron Rodgers is not someone you want to say. Like you said, he might be white-hot. He's that good right now. Um, He's about the only person I could see knocking Atlanta off but they don't play defense, which kind of scares me. But that was outstanding. Um, what do you got on that game? Because that was – and don't take anything away from Dallas. Dak played great, in my opinion. Elliott is a 
man child. Jason Garrett should be fired. His clock management, his play calling. I could go on hour long rants. I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but they should never have lost that game. It it all goes on him. But what do you got, Rome? I just you you just nailed everything right there. You said it all right there. Um, first of all, we got a lot of Cowboys fans. Not a lot, but we got some some Cowboys fans in the DGN group. So you know, especially Power D man. I hope you're okay. I, I haven't I haven't checked. I hope you're I hope you made it through yesterday, man. Just sending my prayers to you specifically. But uh, listen, man, it's um Jason Garrett. If you ever want to watch a ginger sweat, go ahead and rewatch that playoff game yesterday. This guy. I was sweating the, the whole game. This guy looked like a man. I, I don't even want to make a comparison, but he he was um, he made a lot of bad decisions. Just like you said, they only ran Ezekiel Elliott like 25, 22, 25 times the whole game. Um, and he, if they would have ran, if they would have just committed to running Ezekiel Elliott, milking the clock, and just keeping Aaron Rodgers off of the field, Cowboys would have won that game. I don't blame Dak Prescott at all. He played phenomenally. He's played great this whole year. He's a winner. He's that is a legit franchise quarterback, um, you know. But yeah, man, I was I was over at the bar um, watching the game. It was completely lit. It was every. It was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, they just, you know, they they made the, their their head coach made some mistakes, and you know, they played the defense didn't play as good as they played all year. But hey. You know, facing the white hot Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs—that's there's not really much you can do. Like you can just try to contain him. The best thing that you can do is keep him off the field, and that's why ultimately it comes back to Jason Garrett. So yeah, man, he should he should definitely be fired. I mean, he—you know—I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, listen, Cowboys fans, don't worry too much. The future is bright for you guys. You guys got some great pieces. Um, you know, yeah, you just need. Just need a, a couple tweaks, you know. I think Jerry knows what he needs to do, and I think ultimately it's going to happen. Um, but you know, Zeke is tremendous. You know, Dak is tremendous. They've got some pieces. The line is the line's there. Offensive line, defensive line's not bad either. So just keep building on that, and you know, you guys are going to be there for the next at least two or three years. You guys will be there. Um, yeah, the important, the important pieces are there. The core pieces are there, absolutely. But you know, listen, Aaron Rodgers, man, this guy is just like. I'll tell you what was bigger than the actual last throw that he made to Jared Cook. I mean, that was a phenomenal throw and catch, but the bigger play was when – I don't remember the dude's name, but number 38 on Dallas, White Boy, came up and just sacked the shit out of Aaron Rodgers, and he, he took it. He didn't drop the ball, and he called a timeout right after that play. That was yeah. one of the best, best, most veteran plays you'll ever see. That is a straight vet winning play right there. That was, what, that was ultimately yeah. probably what won in the game. Yeah, he got so, sacked, rolled over, and called timeout. Dude, unreal. He knew immediately. He's like, yo, get her up. I'm in pain. Call the timeout. Boom. That is that is a that is a unreal play that you'll you know that you won't see very much. And if you do see something like that, you better recognize greatness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, listen, I don't all that being said though, and, and you're right, the pack, I, they're a really hard team to bet against. That's why the line is probably gonna fluctuate between, you know, two and a half to one. Might be a pick might be I, I couldn't see that much money coming in on Atlanta, but Man, that that game that's going to be an over game in uh, that basically the game against the Falcons, Green Bay versus uh, versus Atlanta. That's going to be whoever has the ball at the end of the game is probably going to win the game. You know, so it's going to come down right to the end. You know, whoever it's going to be another kind of a, a you know head co- head coaching duel. You know, whoever 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 has the ball at the end of the game will probably win. But I agree with you, um, the Falcons. 
the Falcons defense is definitely better than Green Bay's. The Green Bay defense is porous, you know, whether it's especially the pass defense. So, um, you know, I've, <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Atlanta to, to, like I said earlier, to be in the Super Bowl this year. So, um, but yeah, that Green Bay game, man, that was, that was amazing. Really fun to watch. Well, first off, Atlanta's minus five against Green Bay. And the over-under at the moment is 61. Damn. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to – I want to go back. Um, like I said, I am not a Cowboys fan, and all year I've been – I feel the Cowboys could have been undefeated. That's how bad the ginger is coached. And th- at the same time, they're lucky they weren't 8-8 eight and eight on some games because of how bad he is coached. Um, in a game – where you want to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. I've been talking to my Cowboy friends all week. How do you let Dak Prescott throw the ball 41 times? How, on like second and two and third and two, does Ezekiel Elliott, who usually when he hits the line can fall forward for three yards, never touch the football? There's shit, <laughs> like you could go back and watch that game film and just, it's mind-blowing. If anybody listens to the Dan Patrick Show or just has free time, Look it up. He has a website. You can Google it. Shane Irving calls in all the time. Yeah. Great. If you don't know Shay, you should know Shay because he's entertaining as hell. He has a phenomenal podcast. He called in today way more composed than I expected, um, and he hit it on the head. Uh, check out his clip. Follow him on Twitter. Usually his Shane Irving podcast handle will just tweet his clip from the show. Listen to it. Um, it's it's outstanding. But uh, real quick, you like Atlanta in the Super Bowl, and who from the AFC? But before I get to that, I just want to say I love Shea and Irving. I love Dan Patrick. I listen to him every morning on my way to work, and I love it when he calls in because you know right away, it's like he's like, Dan's like, okay, so we're going to Shea, um, Shea in Texas or whatever, Shea Irving. And, and he comes on, he's like, hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Let me tell you right now, Dan, the ginger is fucking toast. The ginger yeah. is toast. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Great, uh, great podcast. Great podcast. So, yeah, definitely check him out. Um, yeah, yeah really good today. He's amazing. But it was embarrassing. I, uh, oh, my God. I, uh, my heart tells me to go with the Steelers, but I'm going to tell you right now that, oh, God. I just, the Patriots have home field. I think they're going to be able to step up enough to win the game by like a field goal or something like right at the end. And I think I just let's let's talk about conspiracies for a second, because I'm telling you right now what happened yesterday in Dallas. Even though I won, I, I, I took I took Green Bay all the way money line plus five. I, I, I was heavily invested in them yesterday. And, and so I'm very happy. But there was a lot of bullshit in that game when I still can't believe it. Conspiracy, just like you said, you know, running it like why are you passing on third down when you have when you have Zeke? You know, why is Dak throwing for 40 times? Like, what, who's making these decisions? Even the ginger knows better than that. So, you know, there, there is a certain conspiracy element to, to sports, to, to, the, to the National Football League. And a part of that conspiracy element makes me think that Tom Brady and, this, and the New England Patriots will be in the Super Bowl playing the Atlanta Falcons. Book it. So Patriots-Falcons going to Houston. We'll... We will reconvene on this one Monday morning, but um, I can't disagree with you. All right. NFL talk is over for now. 
let's get a little NBA action. NBA All-Star voting is ramped up. You see hashtag NBA vote all over the place. Romy Rome, what are you seeing out there? Anything surprising you in the world of the NBA? Well, so first of all, I just want to apologize because this year I have not been um, doing my due diligence. I haven't, I haven't really been – the NBA is one of my favorite sports, and it's something I usually follow very closely. It's something I usually – you know, track stats and, you know, really play a lot of DFS and, you know, really bet heavily. But, you know, this year I've, I've been really busy and I've just, I've been, my time has been occupied and I haven't been able to, to truly spend the time that I want to be able to watch the games and follow it as closely as, as I would like. So um, that, that has ultimately uh, resulted in, you know, less, uh, less pieces on DFS and less articles written throughout the year so far. So, you know, I just I want to apologize to to sports DJs and to everybody out there that's you know that might uh, might be missing or might be you know used to seeing some of those pieces. So I'm really hoping that I can 2017. You know, once football season's officially over, I can try to refocus and get back to doing that. Um, but yeah, you know, NBA All Star Game's coming up. It's coming up in February. So let's talk about any surprises. I mean. You know what, Russell Westbrook? You know, averaging a triple double is that a surprise? Uh, you ask some people, they're probably going to say no. It's still pretty amazing either way. So you know, Russ is obviously at the top of the list. Uh, what James Harden is doing is no joke. This guy is putting up numbers that I've never seen before. I don't think anybody's seen these type of numbers before. This guy's throwing up like fifty points, like thirteen rebounds, like twelve assists. Uh, I mean, this guy is unreal. It's a lot of it's that Mike D'Antoni system, though, so that's kind of to be expected. But you know they're playing well. They're playing well ever since they got rid of Dwight Howard. They're they're not doing too bad at all. Um, what I do want to talk about is the the future that is kind of now in the Milwaukee Bucks with the uh, the Greek Freak, Giannis. Okay, here we go, Brian. I'm gonna I'm gonna really I got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Antetokounmpo. Is that right? It's go ahead. Try to say it. Oh no, I'm not even gonna try. I've, I'm not even going to try. I will butcher it three ways from sunrise. It's, 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 first of all, it's Giannis. You don't pronounce the G. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Something like that. Antetokounmpo. There you go. You got it. So it's, uh, sweet. Yeah, this, this guy. So ever since they moved him to point guard, this, this has been one of the best show, one of the best watches in the NBA. I mean, this guy is amazing. Uh, it, I'm sure a lot of you guys, you know, know of or follow, uh, you know, Rob uh, Worldwide Wob on Twitter. He's great. He's got a lot of great content, a lot of great opinions. Sometimes we'll go live, but I mean, you see these pictures of Greek Freak. You know, this guy is taking off and slamming, slamming, dunking from like the, the free throw line, like you know, regularly, like it's nothing. I mean, he's so long, and he's exciting. He's a really fun player. He's young. He's only like 22, 23, so he's going to be the future. Um, so yeah. So if you haven't watched a Bucks game, make sure to do so. Um, so teams, teams that have surprised me. Oh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid from the Sixers is playing phenomenally. Finally, he's on the court after missing like two to three years. He's a true seven footer. His game reminds me of Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, this guy's legit. This guy is smooth. He's, you know, back to the basket, a couple pivots, a couple fakes. This guy is smooth as uh, smooth as the dream, man. He's uh, he's really fun to watch too. So if I, if I was a Philadelphia Sixer fan, uh, Brian Bevo, Brian Bevo. I don't know if you're if you're listening, but if you do listen to this, and if you're a Sixer fan, stay excited because when once Simmons come back comes back, and once he kind of gets into the groove, once they put those pieces together, the Sixers going to be fun to watch, man. They're going to be okay. Uh, so we we got those guys. Um, you know, teams that are surprising so far. 
I, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to go with the Spurs because they just continue to do it. I don't know how they continue to do it. I guess it's that Popovich, that conspiracy, whatever, but they're just as good as they always are. So, you know, one of the best regular season team uh, teams you'll see. Uh, the Thunder, you know, behind Russell Westbrook, they're winning. They're uh, second in their conference. Uh, not the Western Conference, but they're second in their division, I should, I should say, and they're doing quite well. They'll uh, make the playoffs, and they should make some noise. Um, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies, man. You know, Marcus Gasol is not quite the same as he's been, but he's still good. Mike Conley playing well. All the other surrounding uh, players, especially off the bench, playing well. Uh, Atlanta playing very well. You have Dwight Howard coming to the Hawks. Uh, you know, they're Mike Budenholzer or whatever. You know, you got that German connection with the with the coach and with Dennis Schroeder. So, um, you know, that seems to be working out well for them down there, uh, even after trading Kyle Korver. Um, you know, obviously the Cavaliers are the best team in the league. You know, I don't, I don't, sorry, Golden State fans. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to say it that, you know, again, I wrote an article before the season started. I, one of the things that I almost guaranteed was that the Warriors would not win the national championship or the NBA title. Uh, and I'm still sticking with that. I think it's going to be the Cavs. They just got Kyle Korver, a little, a little bit more shooting uh, arsenal there. So those are some of the, some of the you know surprising teams in terms of uh, kind of a like a positive surprise. Some of the more disappointing teams. I'm going with the Clippers. They're you know they started really hot. I thought they were one of the best teams in the in the West, but they have just completely tanked, man. They're you know they lost Blake Griffin. Chris Paul is kind of like eh, he's he's shooting too many State Farm commercials. And he's over there on the side. You know he's just messing around, not you know not being the leader he should. So you know they're they're in some serious trouble. They need to get healthy and they need to get together immediately. The Bulls are really disappointing. You know, Rondo, the Rondo experiment has obviously turned out to be a disaster. You know, Wade has played well, but, you know, he's the team is just not playing the way that they need to in terms of being together and being a team. So, you know, watch out for some moves to be made over there. The Knicks, I'm, I'm throwing the Knicks in there. They're, eh, they're okay, you know, but there's a lot of trade rumors with Carmel, Carmelo Anthony. There, people are talking about Blake Griffin potentially coming to the, to the Knicks for Carmelo Anthony. I don't – I don't know who the hell would do that, but I guess people are talking about it. And, you know, last but not least, Minnesota, the Timberwolves, man. I really expected them to be better than what they are. You know, I thought they have a lot of young talent, a lot of pieces. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is a stud, but he seems to just be, you know, kicking back, shooting threes. Like, you know, no, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I, I thought Tibbs would, you know, Coach Tibbs would really have them, you know, playing solid defense and playing a lot better than they are. So we'll have to keep an eye on that too, but. Definitely a little bit disappointing. So you're telling me to trust the process, and you're telling me the Knicks aren't a super team. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, one question I had for you, um, it's not on the outline, but I wanted to ask you because he seems to be almost nightly he's in a headline for some reason. It usually isn't because of his basketball talent. Um, I used to live up in the Sacramento area – I used to go to – I had season tickets to the Kings. I used to enjoy them. I was there in the white chocolate era, the C-Web era. I went to the playoff game. I love the shit out of it. Um, it's disappointing watching what has transpired in recent years. Um, uh, you watch a lot more NBA than I do these days. What is your take on Boogie? I really want to see because the, the talent is there. Like, and that's why they, I think they put up with a lot of the crap. But um, what is your take on Boogie? You know, Boogie, you know, he's um, – I'm trying to 
trying to think. I'm trying to think of a good comparison to Boogie in terms of just you know sheer talent. Basically, his uh, his attitude is as bad as his talent is good. That's the only way that I can put it. You know, he's uh, well said. Yeah, his uh, he's got some. <laughs> he's got a lot of maturing to do. You know, I think that if he can ever. You know, sometimes with people, I've met a lot of people like him in my life, personality wise. You know, obviously, I've never met him, but it's like seven one, seven two. They can can hit threes and can basically do anything on a basketball court. But you know, some people they just they just um, you know they they really just they're not grateful for things. You know that that's the type of guy to me. He's not grateful. He's he's not grateful for his talent. He's not grateful for the position he's in in his life right now. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I hope it's nothing serious, but sometimes for people like that, you know, life has to teach you to be grateful. You know, something has to happen in your life. You have to lose something or somebody. You know, you have to learn to be grateful in life um, in order to, you know, change your attitude around. So, again, this is philosophy 101 here with Rome. You know, you guys are getting a lot more than just sports right here. So, you know, it's um, it's it's serious, man. I mean, I don't I don't know what – I know that the the GM uh, – I'm sorry, the owner, the Bucks team, uh, the Indian guy, Vivek, I know that he wanted to – incorporate and run like a super, super fast paced, high tempo offensive style team, almost like a, like a Euro ball type team, you know, where they're like averaging 120 points a game, you know, something that Mike D'Antoni would probably be, uh, you know, be, uh, he'd be tired trying to keep up with the, the pace of what he wants to do, of what Vivek wants to do. But I haven't seen that this year. You know, I've seen a team that has struggled and, you know, obviously they record wise, they're not doing that well. And, People are frustrated. You know, George Carl came out and he wrote the book and he, he was talking about, about Boogie and, you know, back from the time he was coaching the Kings. So I I don't know, man. I mean, I don't – I would say that he would be a good trade piece, but at the same time, he's kind of killed his own value just with a lot of his outbursts and a lot of his attitude problems. So, so it's a big problem. You know, they're going to – they're probably going to have to sell low. And um, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I, I – I just hope the Lakers don't. Oh man, I don't know. I, Lakers are a whole different story. I'm sure we can. We'll talk about them here in a second, but yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's tough times if you're if you're a Kings or Lakers fan right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I was just wondering because like you do hear the rumors of you know he's a trade bait or he's this or that, but I know I sure as hell wouldn't trade for him if I was an owner or a GM because that's just asking for clubhouse cancer. Like you know, there's a point where talent level only goes so far to ruining your team. It's just not, there's certain things that just, there's a line drawn in the sand and he way crosses it and it's just not worth it. So, um, yep. yeah, I just wanted to get your take on it. Cause I know you pay, you pay way more attention to stuff more than just box scores like I do. And, you know, the occasional Twitter thing I see and whatnot, but, uh, it seems like I see way more stuff on boogie more than just like, you know, with, with uh, with the Greek freak, I'm seeing vines of him dunking from the free throw line all the time and awesome stuff. With Boogie, I'm seeing him throwing towels and chewing out Sacramento Bee reporters and stuff. I'm not seeing dunks and shit. So that's why I'm trying to figure out what – why is this kid not figuring shit out? But I was just curious what you're hearing elsewhere. Yeah, you know it's a it's a big loss to take, but unfortunately, if I were the Kings ownership management, I would just eat it and I would get whatever you can for him, like as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, that's that's what it's going to have to come down to eventually. But let's move on. Like you're saying, um, Mr. LA, 
I know these are your boys, the Lake Show. How are the Lakers doing, and how are the people feeling about your Lakers these days? Hey, man, 15 wins already. You know, we're not even – I guess we're about halfway through the season. If you would have taken the, you know, the team – team win total over from the beginning of the year you'd probably be sitting in a pretty good position i know i did but either way the lakers they still suck <laughs> don't, don't uh don't let me or anybody else try to tell you different but you know it, it, it's it's better you know i don't as much as i hate to see as much as i hate not seeing kobe on the court this year you know it's it was <laughs> it's definitely time you know for him probably a few years ago it's time but you know we're moving on you know, the Lakers, they were exciting at the beginning of the year. You know, they, they had a couple pretty good wins, um, a couple surprising wins. They've been playing well as a team. I like Luke Walton as a coach. I think he's he's going to be the right guy for the job ultimately. I think he probably needs a couple more years. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell, I'm not really sure if, if he's going to be the, the answer going forward long term. He's a talented kid. He's, you know, he's a, he's a great shooter. Um, I just I just don't know if he's really like that good of a point guard. I don't I don't know if he really thinks pass first. Um, you know, and he's six five, you know, he's got he's got some he's got some I can't I'm gonna I need to stop lying to myself. You know, he's he's not I don't think he's the guy. I really don't think he's the guy. I'll tell you what this year has been about though. This has been the swaggy P resurgence year. Yes, that's right. This year was, yeah, that's right. Oh that's right. This, this year has been all about Swaggy P, maybe Nick Young, and it's funny because um, a guy that I work with actually knows him really well. So I'm hoping one of these nights I'm going to be able to just kind of randomly like, oh, oh, what's up, Swaggy P? Hey, what's going on? So look out for that, guys. I'm going to get a picture. We'll give a little time to Swaggy P. We'll, we might be able to get him on the show one of these days. We'll see. But um, no. yeah, man, Nick's playing well. Um, he's you know th- their offense isn't isn't bad at all. They can they can score, but they. Definitely can't defend. Mozgov, that whole signing was a joke. You know, Randall, Julius Randall has played okay. I think I think in the last couple of weeks he's actually played a lot better. He's playing more aggressively. He's not he's not settling for shots. He's getting to the getting to the rim. Um, so that's good. I like Randall. I like Clarkson. I like Swaggy P. Um, Brandon, Brandon Ingram has been a little bit disappointing. I've, I really was hoping to see a lot more from him, especially this year. I just I just want him to go out and just play, get minutes and play more freely. You know, I feel like he's, I feel like he's listening too much to the coaches and he's like trying to you know trying to fit into this scheme, whatever the scheme is. When you know, really, dude, you just got to go out there and play ball, man. Just go out there. Just you know, if you, if if they expect you to do something, but if that's not there, then do something else. Just just go out there and do it. Have fun. Play some ball. Put on a show. You know, even if you guys aren't winning, you know, if you're putting on a show, if you're if you're making plays, you know, whether it's football or basketball, that's all you have to do. Um, you know, keep the crowd entertained. Keep us as Laker fans wanting to continue to watch and wanting to talk about the Lakers. Um, and, you know, so that's that's all really that we can ask for. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a process, you know, another year, another two years before we're in the playoffs, before we really, really have our identity. But, you know, we're on the right we're on the right track. So we'll see. So you're telling me getting rid of Iggy Azalea was the answer for Swaggy P? Just like playing the field is what Swaggy P needed to do? Absolutely. 100%. 100. Okay, so get rid of the get rid of baggage is the answer in Rome's life. That's that's what we're learning here. Philosophy 101. We're just take notes, kids. Um anything else? Uh, any Clippers talk or is it all Lakers in LA? 
Oh, man. Well, I hate talking about the Clippers just because I, I'm a Lakers fan, and I just absolutely just, – I don't hate the Clippers, but now listen, the Clippers, they started off really, really well. They still have a great bench. If they can get everybody back, everybody healthy, they can figure a couple things out. You know, first of all, I don't, I don't know what happened to Blake Griffin. Like, I don't – I know he got injured, but I feel like this guy is just, like, purposely taking time off during the regular season the last couple of years. I feel like he doesn't – I feel like he's not tough. I feel like he's, like, a fake tough guy. You know, that's why, you know, he's making all these gesticulations and he's – you know, people are getting in his face. And he's just soft, man. He's not tough. He's not a tough guy. You know, he doesn't have resilience. Yeah, and it shows. That's It shows with what's happened to them in the playoffs the last couple of years. You know, they – Epic meltdown to Houston last year. I mean, listen, I I, I want to wish the best for the Clippers, but I can't. I just can't do it. I just um, – I like Doc Rivers. He's probably the – of anybody that I really respect on that team, it's probably the head coach. And, you know, I hope they figure it out because they've got way too much talent to not figure it out. So, you know, hopefully they'll come back, they'll be healthy, and hopefully they can make some noise in the playoffs. All right, all right. Getting towards the end here, let's talk a little – L.A. baseball, the Dodgers, pretty – this pains me to say these words real quick. Really nice season last year, winning the NL West. Really nice start to their offseason, bringing back a very nice closer in Kenley Jansen, which what they had to do when the Giants signed Melanson. you got to keep up with the other really good team in California, but okay. Um, then they signed uh, Turner, the ginger third baseman, very nice third baseman. Um. Then they keep talking about trading for Dozier. Now the rumors are if they can't get Dozier, they might trade for Kinsler. But now everywhere Detroit's talking about not trading anybody. So who knows what they're going to do there. They do need to get a second baseman. They assigned a Cuban guy who might be able to play second baseman, but he might not be ready. Who knows what's going on there. What's uh, Spring training is a month away. Pitchers and catchers report around Valentine's Day, give or take a few days. First game actions like the 21st, 22nd. We are right there. Um, so the rumblings have to be starting in your backyard. What is the outlook for your Doyers this year, Rome? Well, we're uh, we're all excited out here for LA. You know, we're we're hoping for a, a better result than the end of last year. Although last year was a great great season, it's going to be sad not to have Vince Scully on the games, you know, on TV or on the radio anymore. But you know, we'll move on. Um, just like you said, you know, re-signing Jansen is huge. Re-signing Turner is huge. Um, you know, having the one-two punch of, uh, sorry, Clayton Kershaw and Rich Hill, that's really good too. So, you know, things things look good. Things are in place. Uh, I'm not quite certain what they're going to do with Puig and with some of the other um, acquisitions. But, um, you know, I think I think if we can, you know, I, I trust Andrew Freeman and I trust I trust the management and the ownership to, to continue to, do what they have to do to improve the team. Um, you know, in terms of Dozier or Kinsler, I mean, if we could sign either of those guys, that would be an unbelievable upgrade at second base. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of what what they needed to really, you know, really get the job done last year. And I guess it's offense. I mean, I, the pitching was great. You know, they, I mean, they had a great year last year. I mean, they were playing with a purpose. They played for Vin, you know, they, they were trying to win for Vin. They came really close. I mean, they lost to the world series winner in the Chicago Cubs. So that's definitely nothing to be ashamed about. 
Uh, just like you said, they're they're keeping up and they're staying competitive with the moves that the Giants are making. The Giants are not going to be bad at all next year. They'll be great. So, you know, it's uh, it's just going to be another exciting season in NL, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm just kind of waiting. I'm, I mean, if we can get Dozier, you know, that's a guy that can that's a guy that can grab bags. That's a guy that can, you know, hit for average. He can hit for power. Um, they can get Kinsler. You know, that's almost that's that's like a that's like a one B. I mean, that's those are top tier guys. You know, those are top tier guys. So, um, if we don't have to give anything up, and if we can sign one of those two guys and improve our improve our infield a little bit, then yeah, you know, watch out, watch out, man. Well, right now they both be trade targets, but um, and I don't know what the Twins are holding off on because the uh, Dodgers offer De Leon one of your stud pitching prospects. So the 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 other pieces in the deal must not have been to their likings, is my only guess. But um, if you guys if you guys were able to pull off Dozier or Kinsler, I might cry because those would be outstanding additions to your club and your lineup. And Dozier is under club control, pretty cheap for a couple more years. So that would be scary, scary good. But we will see what happens in the next few weeks as we get closer to spring training for the Doyers. But um, one last thing, you just you mentioned it a few times, and it is sad. As a baseball fan, you got to appreciate the legendary Vince Scully, who retired from announcing baseball this past season. Uh, the best to have ever done it, in my opinion. And I get to listen to some good ones in the Bay Area. And there's some good ones out there on other teams. I'm not going to be biased, just to mine. There's really good ones everywhere. But Vin is amazing. And um, you've, you've been able to hear him in the in your neck of the woods. You have uh, one or two or whatever the favorite Vin moments that you can think of? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I, I feel like um, anytime, you can, anytime, yeah, anytime you can turn on a game and listen to Vin, you should be really thankful, really grateful, because it's the type of guy that, you know, first of all, he's a 100% class A. You know, he is the most professional of all professionals. That's like – just a legend, you know. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's like Michael Jordan. It's like, it's not even. He's he's better than Michael Jordan because he's such a class act. You know, he everything he does. He's a storyteller. You know, he's a. He is just, he's just one of a kind, man. And so okay, so this is all I'm going to say because I, I could just babble on and just whatever forever. Do your do yourselves a favor, if you guys like Vince Scully, if you want to see one of the, if you want to hear and see one of the coolest speeches in my opinion he's ever made go on youtube and look up his hall of fame ceremony speech that he gave when he was inducted into the baseball hall of fame it is i mean it is it it'll give you chills it is just amazing he tells a story about i'm not going to tell it but he tells an amazing story um about it about about like a, a native american about like an indian tribe and about you know these these warriors that went out, they were given certain missions to go do. And I mean, it is just, you want to talk about, you want to talk about life lessons. You want to talk about wisdom. You know, you want to talk about, you know, some of the greatest things that you can, that you can hope to learn you know, in your life. Those are, those are all the things that Vince Scully tried to try to teach us in every, every baseball game that he would broadcast. You know, he was literally giving out life lessons. You know, he was giving out wisdom and he was calling a hell of a baseball game every single time he was on the air. So you know, I just I'm gonna be you know really sad that that I won't be able to continue to hear him going forward. But you know everything that he's done, I'm gonna try to 
try to take all the good from that. And, you know, I'll never be as good as or as great as he was, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be. So, yeah. Yeah. And when you're Googling, I'm uh, look at some of the other stuff that's on that list. After you look at the hall of fame, one of them that's really good because he had a voice that you could just listen to for hours. Um, listen to someone thought it'd be funny. They just gave him a grocery list and he just reads a grocery list. And it is one of the greatest things ever because he makes a grocery list entertaining. It is awesome. It is one of the greatest things. He's literally watching a baseball game, reading a grocery list, and it is gold. Um, so, like, it's just great. But uh, Vince Scully will be deeply missed in baseball. It would be great if they just bring him back for, like, one Saturday game a month or something. Just put him on Fox for, like, one Saturday game a month. That would be awesome. But it won't happen. Well... Damn, we got breaking news on Bench with Bubba episode 16. We got all kinds of good stuff, philosophy. Most importantly, we got Rome back on Bench with Bubba. Any last words from Mr. Rome? Well, you know, first of all, thank you guys for for listening. Thank you, Brian, for having me on again. Having having me on again, Bubs. Um. Yeah, you know, well, 2017 is going to be a great year. You know, we have a uh, we have a new president in the office. We have a lot of change coming, you know, with our nation, with our world. So hopefully, we'll be able to, you know, keep it positive and continue to try to make things, you know, better or greater. And yeah, and let's uh, if if there's anything else I can say, let's just let's just try to uh, you know do what we can do on a daily basis to try to make our society, make our world good, man. You know, just. Just uh, you know, try to give back and try to treat people with respect. And uh, let's, uh, yeah, man. You know, we got limited time on this earth, so let's have fun. Let's do it together. That is what I'm talking about. Always positive, always happy, always entertaining. Rome, Rome. Thanks for joining us again, man. We will definitely do it again sooner than later this time. Everybody, thanks for listening in again. This was Benched with Bubba, episode sixteen. We will catch you guys next time.